Welcome to Sunday with Kevin Clark. I'm Kevin Clark. Last clap. Yay! Last clap of the season. Last clap. All right, here it is. Tua Tagovailoa, Sean Payton, Nate Burleson, Miles Garrett. Uh, really enjoyed all four of these conversations. Here they are. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Sean Payton is here with Zebra Technologies. He's a returning Sony Day guest. Last time you were here, Sean, you didn't have a job. Now you have two. You've really picked up. Business yeah, really picked up. Right. I Look, first off, um, man, having a year with Fox has been yeah. fantastic. We've got the game this year. So, it, you know, when I accepted this job with Denver, there was a week and a half, two weeks left uh, with my Fox commitment. Right. And uh, it's really easy for me to to be interviewing coaches, doing all that, and then finishing up with the Super Bowl. It's hard yeah. to leave that <laughs> when, when, when you finally get here. But, um, no, it's been a great year with them. Um, it's, it's about the people, and they, yeah. they've created such a good environment. Uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. This is a question that I, I think you may have an interesting perspective on because the question is, did you learn anything about football working in media? But the, the sort of the, the runoff from that question is you're just sitting around watching every single game on a Sunday. You're not sitting around and saying, OK, we got to focus on Panthers defense. When you look at the league as a whole in media, are you are you processing it differently? Did you pick up anything and have yeah. a different perspective? Yeah, you, you, you do see it from a different lens. Um, I think that, you know, Sundays we, we'd get to work early, 530 in the morning. You'd have production meetings and you get the show going. There were two different shows and then the games come on and you're in that room watching, you know, every game that's on and yeah. you're looking at storylines. And I, I, I do think this, uh, I think, man, there's so many great things about where we've gone as a league in our game. And yet there's, there's a, there's, and I heard Tom Brady talk about this the other day, some of the execution levels and, and the precision has changed. And, and I don't know if that's a result of reduced off season schedules Offensive lines are behind early on. Um, you know, the scoring, I think, probably is similar to where it was a year yeah, ago. But um, but you do see it differently. And, and you know, I have the access to the All-22, which is the coach's yeah. tape. But uh, you begin looking at it relative to how it serves the job you're in. And so when we're trying to do it from a media perspective, what do, what resonates with the fans? Right. And that's much different than how I would look at it when I was studying a game plan. The execution part is really interesting to me. I've heard, and this is not, this wouldn't explain year to year, but I've heard coaches say, 
rookie contract scale comes in, rosters get so much younger. You don't have the the thirty seven year old in the offensive line or or whatever it is. But I mean, I, I guess there's there's a whole lot of reasons. You know, lack of practice time you mentioned for a lack of execution. But I mean, what, where does that show up for you? What where, what were you most frustrated with watching and saying, oh my gosh, this this position group over over the all thirty two teams is really struggling this year? I, I think early on, it, it, it's look the most important group on your team is the offensive line. Yeah. That co- and so we're, we're seeing probably one of the best offensive lines in the last 10 years with the Eagles. Yep. And, and so that's part of why we're seeing them play here this weekend. Um, so it's just harder to develop when you look at uh, the time you have them until the time you kick off the season. Obviously, we're dealing with free agency. Rosters change at about 28% generally. So the attention to detail uh, is something that, you know, we tried to, we'll immediately as, as a team try to out detail the other teams and, and try to be better uh, than most. And so it's not one thing, but, but then I would ask, all right, what, what have we, or can we do from a rule standpoint or from an off season standpoint that is directed at changing that? Like, think of the last time, can you recall anything that's like, well, we're putting this initiative in place right. to to improve this area, you know? And, and I, I think that's uh, um, that falls on us then as coaches. How do we practice more efficiently? I've, I've heard coaches say that they never ask the coaches. Whenever, whenever they're talking about new rules and new offseason stuff, there's not a lot of input from the coaches on that. No, they're, they're, those, are, those are this year's improved in enhancements. <laughs> that's exactly right. Oh, why Denver? Um, Ownership, front office, those are the key pieces that I felt were important. Um, and then just as important would be the the tradition and fan base. Uh, you know, it's a place that matters. Um, it matters to, to Broncos fans. Uh, there's, there's a great history there, a great tradition there. Um, Greg Pinner, his wife Carrie, um, Rob Walton, Condi. And, you know, Lewis me- Hamilton. Yeah, meeting that group, that's right meeting that group and then uh, getting to know George Payton. But I felt like, you know, a lot of people had, had their, this is what he'd be looking for. And, and really it's, it's cause I had that in new Orleans. I had great ownership and a, and a great front office. And when you can, when you, when you can function there, then you have a chance. Were you laughing? I'm not laughing, but all, you know, it's October, so November. People say, well, Sean Payton wants this, Sean Payton wants that. And they almost sound contradictory sometimes. Yeah. When, you're, when you're sitting around watching rumors about yourself, many of them probably either unfounded or based on third party, you know, whatever, yeah. this, the te- game to telephone. Is it, d- does it make you laugh? Does it make you angry? Does it, do you just, just ignore uh, it? I think as you get older, you don't waste battery life on stuff like that right. anymore. I used to. Um, I think this, though, it was, it was interesting when sources close to Sean, and I'm thinking, I'm not really talking to anyone about this. So I'm okay. trying to think there's no one that's close to I have people that are close to me that might be talking, but no one would have any insight right. because it, it truly was just a process of, you know, visiting with a number of teams right. and then if not, you know, returning to Fox. Right. Um, I'm curious uh, how you view the sort of the, the Russell Wilson, I mean, I, I Russell's been on the show. I quite quite like him, spent some time with him. Were you surprised the other day how much it blew up when you said that you, would, you wouldn't have private quarterback coaches? I mean, it just seems like everything with your relationship is just going to get blown out. Yeah, and look, it's also besides the Super Bowl game, kind of a you know a, a slow time in the year. There's no <laughs> you know, and so the show is called Slow News Day for a reason. Yeah, yeah. So 
Look, I, I think there were these stories that came out and I, and you know, this is a little bit of like tearing the rear view mirrors and in the, in the automobile off. Um, we can look back and, and all we want, but I, I know what I'm looking for yeah. in a, in a, in a program and, and how it should function. I know what I'm looking for in a team, what we, what we'll do. And, um, and I think that that's universal. That's throughout the roster. And it's, it's not only the quarterback, but it's the same for these other position groups. And certainly because of what happened last year, there was a lot of pomp and circumstance when they hired Nathaniel Hackett and they paid Russell Wilson, made the big trade. The team sold, you know, a ton of off season news. And yet what's most important is what takes place during the season. So we were all taken to a place that we felt was going to be just magical and wonderful. And, and then all of a sudden, when it, when it didn't meet those expectations, you kind of had what you had. And, and so um, it is what it is. Is there, when you're watching Russell last year and even going back, is there something where you say, okay, immediately I want him to be able to do more of this, more of that? Not, I'm not talking about fixing him. I'm just talking about from an offensive system standpoint where you'd like him to get more familiar with well, look, this. I, I'll be honest with you. I think we, we've got to be better in the offensive line. I think we've got to be better and more consistent running the football. And the first, the number one ally is a good running game, you know, for a quarterback. That has to be paramount. When you look at his Seattle teams, they ran the ball. They played good defense, and, and those are things that 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 we'll focus on. Um, and then specifically within the framework of what he's doing, passing the football, I, I think we'll be able to narrow down and 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 uh, and and not only with Russell, but what's good for our offense, our personnel. When you were on Chris Long's podcast last last off season, you you talked about there were so many nuances that you were really good at. Great example is the way you changed the direction of the onside kick in the Super Bowl because of the benches. That was almost an awful mistake. I, 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 you've told that story. It was amazing. But it seems to me that you are so good at the little things about going out there on Sunday, about game management, that you would miss coaching a lot. And then on Sundays, you'd say, oh, I'd really love to be there. <laughs> so were, were, you, no, you're were right. you going crazy on Sundays? No, Sundays, it wasn't Sundays. Sundays was the day that I had football and look, when you, when you watch games, you would see things and say, what are they doing? All right. That, that, that would, but it was Monday. It was Tuesday. It was oh, Wednesday. It was Thursday. Okay. It was Friday. And so, yeah, watching the games could be frustrating at times when you, when you'd watch a team and think, why are they doing this here? And maybe from experience, you, you, you look at it like, I have no idea why they're doing that. But the, the routine that you get used to and the schedule that you get used to um, that you've had for 30 years. Yeah. Obviously in college, it's different than the NFL, but you've had these itineraries and you know what you can pull out your calendar and you know what you have for the next month. When all that goes away, I don't do well. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, um, and so I, I think you miss that grind and you miss, uh, yeah, you miss some of the things that you're discussing Like you think, man, I, I know we can do that better. What uh what did you get into with that free time? More more TV watching? Any any hobbies? Any new hobbies? Uh, I love I, listen. I love golf. Um, I'll be honest with you, and I'm like I'm addicted to it. I'll play 36 holes a day if I can. I did all summer. Um, so I love playing golf. I and 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 because the reason most of us that love golf, you, you're you're around friends and, yeah. and you know so. Um, and then spending more time with my children, my yeah. wife, the, the, just the little things, you know, moving to California, my daughter lives there. Um, 
you know, getting a chance to enjoy. My son is at TCU. He's a right. senior with the football team. And so enjoying that ride with them, you know, here, here they are beating Michigan. And yep. um, so those were things I really enjoyed. Quick hip hop culture. What are you watching right now? What have you been watching? What have you been enjoying? Um, what have been watching? So staying up to speed with Your Honor. It's filmed in New Orleans. Of course. Great show. Brian Cranston, is, who I got to know, actually, because while he was filming there, he became kind of a Saints fan and would come to the games. Oh. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be what's current. Wow. Yeah, I, I haven't checked it out, but it's, I know about yeah, it. Yeah, good so stuff. We're going to watch it. I got, I got all Honor. Saturday. You'll like it. To start it out. Um, real quick, before we get to what we're doing with Zebra, um, it was interesting. Somebody said to me the other day, obviously, your one of your mentors was was uh, Bill Parcells. Yep. And he came in and immediately turned around the team. And he wrote a Harvard Business Review thing. I don't know if you've ever read it. It's one of the best things I've ever read. But you know this stuff about just the blunt honesty it takes on day one to tell people exactly what they need to improve, all of that stuff. Um, he came in and, and, and I think I, he's used the phrase, you know, wherever, wherever he goes, good teams seem to be around for some reason. Maybe it's just a coincidence. Yeah. Um, what lessons do you take from him uh, in that kind of turnaround doctor role yeah. uh, in Denver? So for me, my three years with him came uh, 03, 04, 05 yeah. before I became a head coach. And, and I've said this before. It was a little bit like law school. Um, I knew I wanted to be a head coach, but there they were finishing touches, confrontation, training room, what he looks for, personnel. He's wonderful with personnel. Like he, he had a vision for each position, what the requirements should be. But he also knew what he was looking for from a player. And uh, so that was, that was a daily class. When you think about the hours, that was a daily class from someone who was an expert that you, you have to ingest just because you're with him that long. Um, now, he made – you know, his stints were, you know, eight years, four yeah, years, yeah. you know, and so he had a number of these right. stints and, um, and so I, I visit with him once a week. He's like a father. And, and so, yeah, there, there are things we'll talk about, you know, and, and, you know, coming into a new program and, and then, uh, you know, getting it cleaned up. Yeah. Uh, tell us what you're doing with Zebra. I've been with Zebra for quite a while now. Yeah. Um, so they're partners with the NFL. Uh, they have been for nine, 10 years. Um, Zebra's next-gen stats. Zebra's the chip in the shoulder pads. Zebra tells us how fast the running back is traveling on a football field. Zebra, for me, helped me study player movements. You know, how long have they been on the field? How fast have they been running? You know, my initial draw was to reduce soft tissue injuries. And it's it's the simple tracking company that we we all, every day, have barcodes that we swipe at the that's, – that's Zebra – and now it's in the NFL. And so the the growth of what our league's doing with Zebra has changed. We're going to see it. Can, there's chips in the ball now. That's Zebra. We can, we can, we can, we got to get that data. Listen, it's easy. And here's the thing when the ball crosses the goal line, we're going to have that. And I want the goalpost to light up. And then the official just has to look at the knee. Like that exists. So I, why don't? Why are we using it? It's it, crazy. We're gonna be I, wait, wait, now. You wait. and I might be forty by the time we start doing that. How about the punt that goes? Are, how about the punt 40. that goes out of bounds? Uh, right in the air. Sure. And then the back official just starts walking, and then the referee says, "Ah, that looks about right," and he's fifty yards away. What exactly? What year is this? This is medieval <laughs> stuff. Like, this is that, that was leather helmet stuff. It's like, oh, we're just gonna guess. On I this think stuff. it's all coming. There's and, a chip in the ball. Yeah. And they refuse to let us. Well, know. it's coming. What are they hiding? What are they hiding? We can from? actually chart where the field goals, you know, if you, if you take um, the field goal, the kicker kicks, 
and let's say we want to divide it into 24 boxes, um, we can actually chart the boxes that ball's traveling through because of the chip that's in it. So I we think, use a note card now yeah. on first downs, and you're telling me we can do 24 <laughs> field goal boxes? Did you see when the chains broke down in Philly? Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 and then they got tangled with the this second is a group. $25 billion a year industry. It's coming. All Zebra, right. The relationship. And they look, it's also something that is very entertaining. Yeah. Um, you know, in the booths, we're using these next-gen stats all the time. And uh, so – my partnership with them has been fantastic, and I and I know the league feels like their partnership has been fantastic. Chipping the ball, it's the future. That's why you're coming back. Chips because everywhere. I got a chip yeah. right here, my like my what? my front pocket. Here's what the. Let's see if I can find it. This is what the chip looks like. It's even smaller in the ball, but these are in everyone's shoulder pads. Great, right? And uh, yeah, so once the player enters the field, the marked field, we just we can track everything, where they're lined up how fast they're moving, how slow they're moving, how quickly they stop, and then when they're on the field. So when you look at the TV screen now and it tells you who's on the field, that's not somebody just writing it down. Right. It's these chips that have ID codes. And so, you know, you might be this one, I might be this one. And when we're on the field, it just tells everyone right away. We're almost out of time, but is there a pie in the sky thing you wish you, or not wish, you want to start to be able to quantify using this sort of technology? Yeah, I, I think the chips. How do we help officials? How do we help them? And I think when you shoot a three-pointer or a last-second shot in the NBA, right, um, the backboard you see light up when it's double zero. Right. And so it's very easy for any replay angle then to see, has the ball left the fingers or not? Right. Like, you could just see it. The fans can. And I think we're going to see this pretty quickly. You know, when when the tip of that ball touches the goal line or the yard to gain, uh, the ability for – for something to show that it's happened. So if I'm an official and I'm looking at the replay angle in the camera and I'm trying to see if his knee's down and if the ball's crossed, how, how about if I can eliminate when the ball's crossed and now it's just, I see the light go on, where's his knee, touchdown or no touchdown. I think those exact things, especially when people are now betting on games. We've blown the lid off this whole thing. Sean Payton, thank yep. you so much for bringing the chip that goes in the ball. Absolutely. You don't get to keep that though. I has to go with me. <laughs> Tua Tagovailoa, one of the breakout stars of last year, former Alabama star, Miami Dolphins star. What's going on, buddy? What's up? So you just had a child a few months ago. Yeah. Ace. Ace. How old is Ace now? Yeah, Ace is about to be six months. What are you? So I think I've gotten too overconfident as a dad. Like, I think I might really? be like a, a goat dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I'm sure I'm, I'm my kid's only a month old. So I'm kind of easing into it. What are you good at at parenting? What am I good at at parenting? Like diapers, feeding. I would like say, what do you, nap I would time? say I'm good at playing with him. Okay. And uh, changing his diaper. The diaper stuff's easier than I thought, to be honest with you. I thought, I thought it was going to be like a quagmire, a debacle, and it's, it's easier than I thought. That's yeah. Cool. I think me and Anna have been very blessed, very fortunate though, to have a, have like a kid that's like, who's not uh, like crying. Like he's he's such a freaking happy kid. I keep telling people like my baby. They caught someone told me that I have what's called a trick baby, which is a baby that's so good that he makes you have a second baby, and then <laughs> and then oh my that's gosh. when the trouble starts because oh, my baby is so man. good, and I yeah. think it sounds like yours is too. That yeah. we're just like what is 
who said parenting was hard? This is easy. Correct. Like, he just sits there and you feed him and you play with him and yeah, and he's he's the goat. You just put on a show for him and they they're good. They're good. Put him a little swing. Put a little cap. Oh, he loves his jumper. Oh my we got, god, like this jumper for him. Oh my goodness. That's it. Uh, what's the hardest part of parenting? Hardest part of parenting? Um, I would say hardest part of parenting is like his sleep schedule with his naps. That That's pretty hard because because we want to be strict, pretty strict for him. Okay. Because we know that when we are, he when he naps more throughout the day, he sleeps the entire yeah. night. Um, But. There's a lot of things like that she wants to do that I want to do. And like, we got to be, we got to have in our minds, like his sleep schedule. Um, you know, it's kinda, tough. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. When he looks tired, let him sleep. And then it's like, well, you can't do that. He'll be up all night. It's crazy. Yeah. Babies. When they, just take care of yourself, baby. Come on. Well, what, do you, what do you, what do you, what is your, what do you think is your the hard, hardest, the hardest thing? part? I mean, the sleep thing is crazy. Yeah. Um, I'd say like even the responsibility, like the weird thing about having a kid is that no one's really there to help you. Like no yeah. one's there. They're like, oh, well, you here's this thing. You have to keep it alive. Good luck. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Hold on now. Yeah. Is there like a book? And there are books, but they don't actually tell you anything. Yeah. It's it's I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. To like, each its own for their experience. Yeah. Of their kid. It's beautiful. Um, Jalen Hurts is being claimed by Alabama fans, even though he went to Oklahoma. Is that allowed? Should that be allowed? Is he a sooner? Or is he a member of the Tide family? Yeah, I I think he is whatever he claims. If he wants to claim Alabama, he sure can. He's he's brought them to the national championship his freshman year. If he wants to claim Oklahoma, he sure can. He he went through the whole playoff ringer with, with right. them. And so I, I think it's whatever he decides. Tell me about that quarterback room. What yeah. that was like going in every day. With all that talent, with Saban, who every, I know he's a defensive coach, but on the other hand, I'll tell you a story in a second about what Bryce Young told me, but like, that's a lot of football knowledge, a lot of football talent. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. A lot of, uh, a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of work that we all had to put in to, to get to where we all are, uh, today. And for, for me with, with, uh, you know, the criticism that he's dealt with as well in the NFL. Um, he's much, very much deserving of of this opportunity that he's getting right now. Very much. So, as I said, Saban's defensive coach, but he teaches his guys so much about football. We had Bryce Young on the show a couple months ago. And I, I, started, I, I told him that somebody told me something about kind of how to play DB's shoulders against them and their angles and stuff like that. And he started to tell the story. And you're going to love this. He started to tell, he's like, oh, yeah, Coach Saban taught me this. And then in the middle of the story, he was like, I can't finish the story. Like, because Coach Saban would get mad at him because oh. he's an active player. Yeah. And so he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I can't tell this whole story. So yeah. now that you're out of it, I'll ask you, what's the number one football thing that, that Nick Saban taught you that just changed your perspective on everything? Well, I think for for us, understanding who coach Saban was, you know, as a defensive yeah. uh, coach, like for, for us, the practice would be a bad practice if we torched the defense yeah, yeah. and it would be the best practice if the offense got torched. What we learned throughout that is that like, we just got to compete. Yeah. That's it. And <laughs> like, if we really wanted to like spike his insulin, yeah, like we'd just go all in and we destroy the defense. 
he would get pissed at you for destroying the defense. Well, he'd restart. Oh. Uh, like, hey, like we're restarting this yeah. over until the defense kind of gets there. You know. So you knew if you torched the right. defense, it was actually going to be a rough day for you. That's well, funny. for for our offense. Yeah, no, no, yes. I know, I know. That's but more funny. so the coaches, if yeah. you will. He he went off at the coaches. <laughs> Coaching the coaches. Yeah. Coaching the coaches. Yeah. Uh, Mike McDaniel comes in year one. I've talked to him a handful of times. Interesting dude. Never really met a coach like him. Yeah. Scheme wise, what did he do to help you? Well, I think he implemented things that we were all good at. Skill set on offense. So with the receivers that we had, the O-line, uh, what run schemes were best for them. Sure. With the runners that we had in the backfield. And then for me, like my favorite, uh, what would you, like concept, concept. of routes. And so he kind of. Can you give me an example of some of those concepts? Not, no state secrets, but just sort of easy things that he, he, where he made your life easier with some of the concepts and routes. Yeah, yeah. We can, like, for instance, like RPO plays. Yeah. Um, and then, like, just normal pure progression plays where we're looking right and reading it across the board, right to left. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. Um, are you feeling okay now? Yeah. Yeah. I feel great. Totally, totally going to be ready for offseason. Yeah. All that stuff. Yep. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, we're, we're extremely happy Thank to hear you. that. Um, last thing is two and on on Twitter. You've been asked about it a million times. Who? Two and on on Twitter. You've been asked about that a million times. Uh -huh. And just how you mentioned the Jalen Hurts, uh, the criticism. That's new. Um, but you've mentioned the criticism even Jalen Hurts got earlier in his career. You got it earlier in your career. When you come in and it seems like the conversation's about everything but football for you and, and there's so many weird twitter posts or, or media posts where it's like this person said this or whatever when you're just watching that on the sidelines how do you process that as a young quarterback because everybody takes huge leaps in their career it felt like there were so many judgments before you even yeah. you're in your you know it seems like you know, your third game people are saying oh you should have done this whatever how'd you process that i think it's it's uncharted territory when you're a young young uh player uh coming into the league and you're you know, you're told all of these things when, you know, in college, you were the superstar. Right. Um, but I, I've been able to to really just learn how to drain that that noise out and just focus on the things that I can control. And really, that's that's kind of how I, I've just been able to deal with it is just all right. Like, I, I can't. How can't did you learn that? Because that's easier said than done. Of course it is. Of course it is. How how do you learn that? Well, you stay off of social media. Advice for us all. Stay off of social media. Do you think we have a Subway game here? You here with Subway? Yeah, so I'm here with Subway. Um, and on behalf of Subway, so Subway is uh, helping fans level up their Super Bowl experience with the new Subway series. And so here I am asking you, about to ask you a question. Okay. And if you win, you get a sub. Okay, thank God. So it's almost lunchtime. Shouldn't be that hard. Of course. So how many sacks in the playoffs did JJ Watt have in his career? Is and it multiple so, choice? So, so these are these are the actual numbers. So it's either three, six, eight, or ten. But they're I'm gonna correlated guess, with a sub. I'm gonna guess ten. Ten? Yes. All right. How many sacks in the playoffs did JJ Watt have in his career? Let's do that again. Is it not 10? Uh, I don't know. I'm just oh, giving you another said, shot. If Oh, okay. Is it six? 
Is, is that your final answer? Yeah, huh? let's guess six. Perfect. Okay, so guys, he's right. It's six. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And oh that's my your gosh. sub. Let's get it out here. You got to let me know. Is it is it warm still? It is. It's warmer than it. That, that's what been, I'm been saying. Previous sandwiches. That's I've what I'm saying. A, Look at a, that. A trivia game. That thing is warm still. Tua, thank you so much for thank coming you. on Sunday, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate it, boss. Nate Burleson is here. He's here with Crown Royal. What's going on, buddy? Oh, uh, nothing much. Just relaxing, hanging out. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Do you like Super Bowl week? Do you like Radio Row? Do you like all of this? I, I do like Radio Row. I like Super Bowl week. I like the game in particular, and not for the reasons you think. Not because it's hardcore football and two of the best teams are playing. I like the theatrics of it. And now we get Rihanna. The pageantry. Half the, the pageantry. This is why you wore this jacket today. Yeah, to match the pageantry of what's going on this week. I don't know if you know, Nate, but you're not allowed to wear a better jacket on this show than me. Um, that's I can one take of it the, off. That's one of the core tenets. I mean, if you could, I mean, we've, already, actually, started, they, we've they, already started rolling. So it's a little awkward. They told me if I sit down here, I have to leave the jacket with you. No, that's true. That's okay. true. We have All the right. option. We have the option to take the gotcha. jacket. Yeah, I we don't you. take everybody's jacket. We're on the same size, will, right? Yeah, we will be taking. Six two. Uh, I'm six, six five. Two, okay, I'm six, five. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Looks about we right. have Miles Garrett coming on after this, and he's he's a little smaller. Than he's us. a little, just a little bit a smaller, little smaller than, than us. Yeah. Um, but you no, know, it's it's good. Um, Sean Payton was just on here a couple minutes ago. We yeah. were talking to him about what he learned in his one year in media, and when you're just watching the whole league versus watching one team, watching yeah. whatever, and he's talking about the perspective, especially about execution and league wide, how some of the offensive play, offensive line play is not as good as it needs to be. Yeah. You've been in media for a number of years now. Yeah. Is there anything now, being in media, being on the other side of it, that's changed the way you view football? No, not the way I view <laughs> football. Um, but it, is, it, does, it does make me view media differently. Like, mm. if I was a player, I would be more honest about Ooh. what was going on behind closed doors. Because I feel like they... They need to hear their information and not just what's happening in the locker room. I mean, front office, yeah. what's going on with coaches. I would really take them onto the sideline to the moments that mattered the most. Yes. So fans could have that the next day on Monday when they wake up, they go, Oh, totally so agree. that's what happened totally when they agree. called that play that either was successful or failed. I completely agree with that because I think there's a lack of, and you see this sometimes where in the NFL in any sport, it's you don't want to blame anybody, you don't want to throw anybody under the bus. You know, if you're a player, you don't want to I think there's coach a way of doing bus. it though nowadays. Just educating, just and educating, say, and say, and without is, offending your teammates or coaches, yeah, this is what's supposed to happen on this play. This is what didn't happen on this play. Because coaches, they do it all the time, hundred percent, and and it's okay when they do it. But when players do it, it's like, whoa, slow yep. down there, Tiger. So I, I just feel agree. like as a player, and that's why I encourage these young guys be a little bit more transparent. And what it does it. It develops your relationship with the media. Yep. And they'll forever be on your side, good or bad. That yep. When they criticize you, they won't be as harsh, harsh. And then when you play well, they'll praise you. Right. And there's a way, as you said, there's a way to do it without becoming an excuse yep. maker and yep. just saying, this is, no this is what the design is, all that stuff. No doubt. Um, take me through this Eagles team because yeah. I'm so impressed with this roster. I'm impressed with, you know, we're talking about Sean Payton. He was talking about, you know, the offensive line plays crappy throughout the league, except the damn Eagles who are just bullies. And to build this roster up, um, Julian Love came on, uh, I think it was your old stomping grounds of Good Morning Football and said that Sirianni shouldn't get all that much credit. He didn't do anything special. What? It's just that roster. Yeah. So take me through what impresses you about this Eagles team. Does Sirianni impress you? Does Roseman impress you? Like this is a, a hell of a roster. Well, let's start with Sirianni. Yeah. Uh, one, he is the perfect coach for this team, and they are a reflection of his attitude and the way that he approaches. Yeah, it's a little bit of like, 
pissiness to him. Yep. And then so does this team. Um, what loves what I love about this roster is to start at the top. Jalen Hurts. We keep talking about Joe Burrow and how cool he is, which he is. It's but cool. you show me Joe Burrow, I'll show you Jalen Hurts. Like what he's been through throughout his career. First being drafted there and people questioning the draft yep. pick. Then the Carson Wentz situation. After Carson Wentz was gone, they still were like, well, let's wait and see what this yeah. first guy got. Maybe we'll bring in a free agent or draft a QB. And then now, all of the success, being in the MVP conversation, still as cool as ever. And that's what I, I can appreciate about him. There are not a lot of big talkers over there. They don't need to. Jalen Hurts, quiet, reserved, but kicks ass. And then you have Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, two of the best wide receivers who don't need to bark but have a pretty strong bite. And then that offensive line. They do a great job of protecting Jalen Hurts, which is going to be key, given that he was a little banged up going into the postseason. What kind of game is going to be on Sunday? Like high scoring, low scoring, bully ball? High I scoring mean, game. High scoring, okay. high scoring game. I, I do believe the Eagles will try to run the ball in order to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, but you can only resist the urge to throw the rock for so long. Yeah. And if we have a couple of big shots downfield, some big touchdowns by the wide receivers for the Chiefs, the Eagles are going to have to keep up and throw the rock. Tell us what you're doing with Crown Royal and April Wilson. Yeah, Crown Royal is doing something pretty awesome. I'm not sure if you know this. I was born in Canada. I'm Canadian. I think I did and know that. Yeah, Crown Royal is from Canada. So what they're doing, they are showing gratitude to Canada. While all these other big brands are spending money, boasting about who they are and what they do during Super Bowl, Crown Royal is saying we are going to show gratitude and thank Canada. All the cool things, the great things they contribute. Icon David Grohl. Dave Grohl is actually uh, the, the fixture in the Super Bowl piece. So he, he'll be featured in the is 60 seconds. Is he coming second. on the show? Is he walking uh, yeah, in right Dave, now? Yeah, Dave Grohl yeah, is here yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but they also showing all the celebrities and artists and all the cool things that Canada has given us. I'm not sure if you know this, but you got things like Hawaiian pizza. Did you know mm -hmm. that was Canadian? Uh, I did not. Canadian it bacon. It doesn't, doesn't seem to make now. any sense. It, it, Canadian pizza? bacon. There, I get that. There you go. Okay. Poutine. Have you had that before? I have, yeah. Okay, it's delicious. That's yep. definitely Canadian. Yep. Justin Bieber. Justin Drake. Bieber. Drake. So Nate Burleson. Nate Burleson. Roger no, football. Sher Actually, all jokes aside, I was gonna football say, Roger well. Sherman was, is going to ask why he didn't play in the CFL. Yeah, well, my father played for the Calgary Stampeders. That's why I was actually born in Calgary. You should have stayed home. Yeah, you should have been a Stampeder. Stayed home. I should have stayed home. Who needs the NFL when and, you're and the Stampeders? Here's the, here's the thing. People are like, you were born in Canada? It's not like my dad was running the streets out there and right. I just popped up. You know, my mom and dad had four boys. I was the only one born across the border and I represent Canada proudly, which is why I partnered with Crown Royal because they do the same thing. And what they're doing, giving gratitude to people that deserve it. I like to say giving them a crown that they deserve to wear is a great Super Bowl ad. I would say the greatest. Hey, Perlis, thanks for coming on, buddy. Appreciate you. All right, Miles Garrett, NFL superstar, is here with Fast Twitch by Gatorade. What's going on, buddy? Oh, just uh, taking it all in, having a good time. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing okay. I've done a lot of these. I'm excited to, to see you. Um, I've interviewed in Cleveland before. We've we've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed my time. Is there you're doing like a ton of stuff? Is there a question you're already tired of? Um, how's your toe? How's your toe? Oh man, <laughs> absolutely amazing! No, I'm Fantastic! Joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Sensational. I actually am going to ask about that, but in a better way because I, I know I don't, I don't really want to waste waste your time on it. Um, let's start here. Um. When you're looking at these two teams, you played Patrick Mahomes a bunch. We had TJ Watt on this show yesterday, and he said the problem with going at Patrick Mahomes is that he will find a way to just dump the ball out. Just kind of, you think you're you're going to get him, and you kind of he kind of 
kind of shovels it or he just kind of eludes you in the way that you know he's almost an annoying runner because it's not like he's as fast as the top guys in the nfl but boy does he get out of pressure really easily and sense well. it. when you're trying to sack patrick mahomes you have to do what have to do what uh you have to have all four guys on the same page because as soon as there's any alleyway for him to escape he's going to and it's not right. just going to be uh, he's going to run upfield 15 yard gain he can do that but it'll be you know he runs upfield stays behind the line throws it 45 yards down down the sideline and it's a touchdown so it's that that front four has to has to be dominant has to be you know working in tandem to be able to get this guy down and keep him under control. Other side of the ball, for your purposes, the most impressive thing is the pass rush that the Eagles generate. And it comes from everywhere. It does. It's not just one guy, Hassan Reddick, you know, off the edge or whatever. It's coming from internal. The back end is, is good enough. And it's just a nasty I think It's the third most sacks in the history of football. That's not an accident. Uh, what when you watch this D line as someone who's just a technician of it and understands it, like what what should I understand about how impressive that front four is? Uh, like you said, it's not just one guy. Yeah. You know, Hassan has what sixteen, but yeah. I mean the rest of those guys were also in double digits. Yeah. And to see you know such uh, like Brandon, you no know, Hargrave, uh, Sweat, uh, Quinn, you no know, yeah. all these guys are are very good pass rushers or dominant pass rushers in the, in their own right. And that's the, that's the scary thing is that they're, they're down pass rushers in their positions, but they can also mix and match. They can also move. They can, they can, you know, stack one side of the line and let one guy get a, a one-on-one -on -one and he can dominate or they can put, they, they can go inside out with D, D tackles on yeah. the outside and DNs on the inside. Now they have such you know, versatility. No, that's what makes it as scary as it is. Is there a thing specifically you want to work on this offseason? Um, just and whether it's a move, whether it's a technique. I mean, obviously, we'll, 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 we can talk about the tone in a second here. But, like, is there a, a trait you're saying, I'm working on this this year? Um, uh, staying healthy. <laughs> That's it. How does the toe affect now your your offseason to work out? Is there a timetable? Do you not do you not have enough information yet? I mean, that's, this is my one toe question. Um, what what does that what does that look like? How does it shade everything? I worked out the last two days, so. Toe's not going to bother me at all. What, what, uh, what'd you do? what I do? I yeah, mean, with the work, was it a normal workout? Uh, instead of running, I did the bike. So everything That's else is pretty, pretty much the same. I didn't work out the last two days. So I mean, what the hell oh, am I doing? You're not getting paid for it. I mean, yet. Yeah. Yet. Yet. There's they, still time. Um, speaking of, speaking of, of sports, are you retired from pickup basketball? Am I? It's just because you retired. I mean, you can't come back. Gronk is, you know, coming back for the third time now. Mike came back twice. I mean, who knows? So I, <laughs> one day we're just going to see you in a gym just posterizing some young Texas A&M sophomore. Why not? <laughs> hey, whether you're, you're 20 or you're, you're, you're 35, any, anyone can get it at the, at the rec. When you, did you did you play in the, you played in the celebrity basketball game last year? The All-Star game, is that right? So that's, you can play in stuff like that. Oh, I guess that's that's a exception to the rule. Okay, all right. But one day, one day we're gonna get an "I'm back" form from Miles Garrett, and he's just gonna be back in a 24-hour fitness, dunking on some a 45 jersey, some that's uh, right, an armband and the leg sleeve, and you know, some poor kid in Shaker Heights doesn't know what's gonna hit him when he walks into a 24-hour fitness five years from now. It's gonna be great. Um, what have you learned about Cleveland as a sports town? Sports town, uh, biggest sports town there is. At least on uh, this side of the world, nobody loves football more than than uh, 
than Cleveland. And uh, know that the amount of love they show to to each of these these major sports that we have is is amazing. And I mean, they show up and they they turn up every time. You know, there's there's a game, especially when there's a game on the same night. You know, these this, the same fans who are rushing in to see us are are rushing to see uh you know the Indians play or yep. the uh, the Cavs play. Yeah. Jared Goff was on the show a couple of days ago, and I asked him about the difference between a Detroit fan and an LA fan. And he said, LA fans just want this photo for Instagram, and that's it. Just take the selfie, get out. The Detroit fans actually want to, if you're getting a coffee, they just want to talk to you. And they want to talk to you about the team, or they just want to say, go Lions, or whatever. When you go get a coffee, go get a sandwich, whatever, and you talk to a Browns fan, like, what's the normal interaction? Do they actually want to know about the team? Do they just sort of say, hey, good luck? Do they actually want a photo? Like, what is a normal Browns fan? want from you if, you, if they see you on the Who street. needs coffee when you have Fast Twitch? If you're going into a store to get Fast Twitch by Gatorade. Who goes um, to the store? <laughs> yeah, you have like all these deliveries. I've got Instacart. I've got so wait, uh, so, Uber So Eats. is the answer to the question you don't see Browns fans because you get Instacart and uh, and, and like uh, Fresh Direct and stuff? I'm a I'm pretty uh, solitary uh, guy. So Ooh, okay. when I get out, We're it's, staying it's, in. it's a treat. What do the app delivery guys say when they see you? Go Browns? They don't say anything because I... They drop it off, and I pick it up. This guy's got it all figured out. I just realized this. I'm going to the store like a sucker. I'm not getting paid to work out like a sucker. This is bad. I'm, yeah. I'm learning a lot about myself here. Tonight. I'm going to put you on. Don't worry. <laughs> um, obviously, Brown season didn't go as you, you'd hoped. Um, next year, just getting over the hump, whatever you want to call it. What, what, what do we need to work on? What do we need to work on? Uh, unified message. Uh, unified goal. I mean... Of course, the goal is always Super Bowl, but it's how do you get there? And yeah. What do we need to do? And what does it look like? And we we have to make it look the same from top to bottom, coaches down to players, you know, from uh, the weakest link to the best guys on the team, you know, ownership as well. You know, we all have to be uh, on the same pages, you know, on uh, on what we want to do. And man, it's it's been it's been a up and down. It's been a lot of a lot of movement and. A lot of work, but I think we have the, the right guys in place to, to be able to uh, have that unified message from offense, defense, special teams, and, and, and get everyone you know, going at the, at the same speed, same tempo. Can you believe the depth in the AFC sometimes? I mean, like when I look at the, anybody who makes the playoffs in the AFC can win the Super Bowl, realistically, which I don't Absolutely. think is the case of the NFC. When you just look at your schedule every year, you're just like, whoa. I mean, obviously, you guys made it two years ago. Um, you've had success. Last year was a down year. But like just looking week in, week out, even a team like the Chargers, you know, a team, obviously, you have the Chiefs. I mean, the quarterbacks, the depth, the roster, it's pretty unbelievable what you guys are a part of. I mean, it, it gives me, like, I get a little tingles when I see the the, the season schedule because yeah. I, I get – I get excited knowing that you know I, I get the chance to go against these these great players, these great teams year in and year out. Maybe it's back to back. No, I remember last year we had a stretch of I think four or five yeah. you know, quarterbacks that they they say our top ten, which I can agree with. And uh, you know, being able to to duel against those guys yeah. is, is always it's always fun. I always want to ask questions who are want to ask players who are really thoughtful, which I, I think you are about what they wish. Whether I don't even think it's you can say scheme wise, but as far as a deeper understanding of football, what they wish fans could know, like if they if you're looking, if we're just watching on Sunday and we're watching a play, especially let's 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 talk about the defense here specifically. Like, what do you wish fans had in their brain so they would understand the game better and understand what you guys do better from just a, a, a process fans know everything, standpoint? especially okay. Twitter fans. They already they already know everything. I don't need to teach them anything. They're in your mentions, and you see it. They're in your mentions. They're telling you, why aren't you rushing like this? No, you, you rush better when you do like this. Um, you're not getting off the ball. Why would you jump off sides? 
of, of course you you listen to his count like they're you know they do you ever want to respond and just be like i buddy no it's just a waste of my time but I, you do I, read them uh i have people read them to me sometimes really yeah you just have like a, a buddy or a friend or just an agent who's just like hey yeah, so, you know, uh you know cleveland fan 420 thinks you should be thinks you should you should uh quit your day job and work at walmart it's like all right sounds good i'll keep my six, 16 sacks and go home <laughs> exactly right miles Garrett, tell us what you're doing with fast switch i mean fast switch a partnership with with gatorade that uh came out you know not too long ago but it's a, it's a drink for me just because you know, i'm not a coffee drinker never have been don't like the taste and uh not i haven't been a, a caffeine guy you know the only way I knew how to get caffeine was you know, coffee or tea. Not really a fan of of either, but this this works for me. I, I used to drink energy drinks when I was I was younger, but uh, no, wasn't wasn't the the, the most pleasant thing. And uh, I think this has a, a satisfying taste, especially you know some of the flavors like Cool Blue, and uh, definitely not Green Apple. But you know that's an inside for someone who who I know. It uh it gets you going. I had about half a bottle yesterday. It's got a kick. It does have a kick. I, th- I think that uh, alertness and that that uh, that feeling uh, of like focus that it gives me it, it really uh, really helps me get going early in the morning and uh, right before workout. I feel like uh, no, I'm a, I'm a guy who likes to work out early in the morning, and uh, I've been I've been getting up really early, you know, trying to get my day started, you know, five five thirty, and to get one of these in me, you know, get at least a couple of sips them, and then you know, finish off before workout really helps me, you know, start the day well and get my workout. Uh, going at the pace that I need to. Love it. Miles Garrett, thanks for coming on Tuesday, man. Appreciate you. Thank you.